Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Michael Kiss. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hand. And Benjamin Solak. How old are you? It's the Kiss and Solak Show. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Right here on BGN Radio. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak Show. This is episode 15. It is brought to you by the fine folks at BGN Radio. I am your host, Michael Kist. You can follow my X and O work for InsideThePylon.com. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. Also contributing some pieces for BleedingGreenNation.com. Benjamin Solak is still out of town. He will be so for another week. In his absence, we will be talking about the NFL draft that's coming up soon. So we're going to be looking at some mock drafts from around the media, the big draft media, seeing who picked who, where at 32 for the Eagles, what position, and I'll give my opinions on that as well. We'll also be talking about official visits, what they mean, what to take from them, what not to take from them, all that good stuff. We'll see who the Eagles have been talking with and their historical hit rate. So before we get to all that good stuff... There is some news that dropped right before I started recording. Mike Wallace is officially a Philadelphia Eagle. And if you were to tell me, hey, Mike, you can get rid of Torrey Smith. You can offload $5 million. You can get back a young quarterback in return. And you can bring in another veteran, another burner that ran under 4-3 to replace Torrey Smith for half the price. How would you feel about that? And I would say, you're lying. But apparently not, because Mike Wallace has signed a one-year deal worth $2.5 million, so half of what we had Torrey Smith for, and he's an upgrade. He's not a massive upgrade. 
Uh, but he's definitely an upgrade. He's been a productive receiver in the NFL. He's got the take the top off speed. He's always been more polished throughout the entire route stem than, than Torrey Smith has been throughout his career. Uh, one thing that you are concerned about, and I watched Mike Wallace for the Scouting Academy when I went through their wide receiver module last year. So I saw a bunch of his stuff coming into this year. And of course, you know, the hands were an issue. They've always been an issue with him. And there's going to come a point in the season where he has a drop. And everyone is going to lose their minds and question the meaning of life for about a week, saying, why do we bring this guy in? Why isn't Matt Collins getting more stars? But look, Matt Collins is now being challenged. We're not handing the keys over to him. So it's going to be good for him. It's an open competition in camp, and he's going to have to earn those snaps and take some of that playing time away from Wallace. And I think it's really going to help his game, especially with the way that we've been able to develop wide receivers over this past year. And you saw that with Nelson Aguilar's reemergence or just general emergence, I guess, reemergence from his college form. But it'll be interesting to see if Matt Collins can take that as a positive, help him improve his game, earn some more snaps. Either way, Mike Wallace on the outside for us is fantastic. I mean, again, it's an upgrade over Torrey Smith, which is awesome. And it also does throw a wrench into some of the rumors that we've been hearing surrounding the Eagles and the draft. We'll get to that in a moment. The first thing I wanted to talk about here was the official visits, the interviews that the Eagles have had with different prospects, and what that all means. So as we track these workouts, it's important to note that the Eagles do have a bit of a tell, at least positionally, when it comes to who they're taking in the draft. And running down the list, Corey Clement was an official visit and was signed as a UDFA after the draft. They met with Danell Pumphrey at the Combine, and he was selected in the 2017 draft. They talked with a lot of other running backs, too. There was a ton of work done on Dalvin Cook, who eventually went to the Vikings in round two. They also had a visit with Leonard Fournette. Uh, Joe Mixon had a private workout, as did Tariq Cohen, who went to the Bears, and Aaron Jones, who went to the Packers. So that was a position that they used a lot of resources on, and they ended up with two on the roster heading into camp. And wide receiver was another position that the Eagles hit hard in terms of the vetting process. In fact, just by numbers, that was where they had the most volume of touches, and they even got creative with it. For instance, these next guys aren't official visits, but this is the list of guys that worked out with Carson Wentz before the draft. They were basically like, hey, you want to go play ball with Carson Wentz in the backyard? And they were like, yeah, cool. So it was Juju Smith-Schuster from USC, Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington, and Chad Hansen from California, who would eventually go to the Jets. And then you get into the guys that they really did a lot of homework on. Mike Williams from Clemson had an official visit. John Ross from Washington had an official visit and a private workout. Both those guys went top 10. Chris Godwin from Penn State, who I really liked. He had a private workout and an official visit. Chad Williams from Grambling came for an official visit. Jameer Tillman from Navy was worked out privately. Corey Davis from Western Michigan also had an official visit, plus numerous other touches at Pro Days, Combines, All-Star Games, all of that. They ended up with Shelton Gibson, who visited, and Billy Brown, who was signed as a UDFA, and they met with Brown at the East-West Shrine game. Matt Collins wasn't a visit or an interview, but again, you look at the volume in which the Eagles spoke with wide receivers, and it's a big-time indicator. And then you look at the other guys, obviously Derek Barnett, the first-round 14th overall selection was another hit. He had an official visit, and the Eagles also worked out or visited with Charles Harris from Missouri, Ryan Anderson from Alabama, and so on. The one big one for me that definitely signifies positional leaning is what they did with the cornerback group last year that they brought in for visits. They brought in Marlon Humphrey from Alabama, 
Garyon Conley from Ohio State, Kevin King from Washington, Adoree Jackson from USC, Quincy Wilson from Florida, DeMonte KZ from San Diego State. That's 20% of your visits right there because you can only do 30 of them, at least officially. And if they're not local, if they're local, for instance, if a guy like DJ Moore from Maryland were to come in, they could put that as a local visit, wouldn't count towards the 30, but still that amount of resources in the cornerback position, 20% of your official visits going to that position shows that they were targeting it hard. And they ended up taking Sidney Jones with the second round pick, reportedly wanting him in the first before that Achilles tear at his pro day. And the Eagles met with him at the combine. And then they also drafted Rasul Douglas from West Virginia. The Eagles aren't going to play around with being intentionally deceptive with these visits. You have to get to the Nathan Jerry fifth round selection and the Elijah Qual sixth round selection before you find a selected player that either didn't have a visit or didn't have a boatload of visits and interviews for his position. So yeah, the Eagles are going to bring in 30 players for visits and not all of them can be drafted. But when you count punter Cameron Johnston, who had an official visit, four of the additions to the roster last year were brought in for official visits, and one of them was a first-round pick. So we're going to pay heavy attention to the resource allocation throughout this process in terms of using those 30. So, I mean, with a process with so much smoke, you've got to get creative in finding ways to try and narrow the search down about who to talk about. So this is just going to be one of those tools We'll be keeping you updated on the trends here on the Kiston Solak Show. And with all of that qualified, gentle listener, who have the Eagles been meeting with this year? And that's a great question, gentle listener. Let's dig into that. So when you combine the interviews from the East-West Shrine, the Senior Bowl, Combine, workouts, visits, the leading position is actually running back with 12. The one visit from those 12 is LSU running back Darius Geis, who, if you've listened to this show before, or if you've heard me on 94 WIP on Wednesday night, you know that I'm a massive Darius Geis supporter, truther, homer, whatever you want to call it. Here's why. There are three main critical factors that I look for with running back play. Number one, vision to see it. Number two, burst to run through smoke. Number three, contact balance to finish it. If you have those three, which Geist does, and I gave him very high grades in all of those categories, you have the necessary tools to become a productive NFL running back. I talked about Geist with John Ledyard for an upcoming show we need to finish up, so I'm going to table to talk about him, but you can do a lot worse than Darius Geist at 32. Now, the next group with 10 meetings is interior defensive linemen, Now, whether this is due to those touches, those interviews, those meetings happening before the Haloti Nada signing, who knows? So that's something to track as we start getting word from more of these official visits, more of the interviews, all that stuff. Because if you start to see that trend down, then maybe that Nada signing signifies that we might not be attacking that position as hard. But they were pretty aggressive with it before the Nada signing. And then you get into wide receiver offensive tackle, linebacker, and tight end all lumped together with a good deal of touches. And here's the thing with that. Lance Zerline, who was pretty plugged in during this time of year, before the Mike Wallace signing, had said that the Eagles were going to look at adding an impact wide receiver. So what does that mean by impact? Does it necessarily mean a vertical threat? Because we talked on the show about DJ Chark from LSU getting a little overdrafted due to the burners he's got. He's a tick slower than Will Fuller, who went to the first round to the uh, Texans. It didn't struggle as badly with drops as Fuller did and has a better physical profile. 
Would it be that big of a shocker? Well, now with Mike Wallace in town, who's going to be that vertical threat for us, do we shy away from taking a guy like that early because we have that depth now? And if you're not just talking about straight speed demons, then you're looking at two of my favorite targets. And I talked about this on 94 WIP on Wednesday night. You've got SMU wide receiver Cortland Sutton and Maryland wide receiver DJ Moore. And again, Mike Wallace kind of throws a monkey wrench in all of that because, again, we have the depth. It was going to be a luxury pick anyway. And then you add Mike Wallace into the equation and you wonder if that quote is you you just dismiss that now from Lance Zerline because of that signing. And when you look at a guy like Sutton, he's 6'3 and 3'8, 218 pounds, running a 4'5'4 with a crazy 6'5'7'3 cone, which is in the 95th percentile. My NFL comparison for him is a full-grown deer. You look at DJ Moore, ran a 4-4-2 and can play inside and outside. And my comp for him is the back of a spoon because that's as smooth as a route runner he is. It's just like the back of a spoon. So with those two guys, those two guys are going to have to be picked at 32. If the Eagles are going to take them, they might go earlier than that because there are some wide receiver hungry teams in front of them. But again, do they even look at that? Do they even look at wide receiver now that Mike Wallace is in town? So uh, if they do... I would say it's probably going to be more of like a sleeper pick. And I've got a super sleeper for you that we have not talked about on this show that I have not heard on any other draft shows. And I listen to a lot of them. I listen to podcasts about eight hours a day and most of them are football. And look, I could give you names like Antonio Callaway from Florida, who has more baggage than a 747 Boeing, Kiki Kuti from Texas Tech, Marquez Valdez-Gantling from South Florida, who ran a 437 but has some weird lack of snaps in college and a background that's hard to get a handle on. Uh, there's also a kid out of Kentucky that ran 427 named Jeff Bidet. Jeff Bidet, not even sure. Uh, he is starting to pile up some visits. But instead of those guys, I want to give you a super sleeper that no one is talking about. And that's a kid out of Limestone College, which if you've never heard of a school called Limestone, I would not judge you. This kid, Vincent Smith, and it's spelled V-Y-N-C-I-N-T, Vincent Smith. His head coach at Limestone, the wide receiver factory apparently, was Mike Fury, who played seven years in the league with the Rams, Lions, and Browns, including having 1,000 yards receiving in 2006. So look, he's had a fantastic mentor for someone from such a small school to be able to access that NFL experience of someone that played it at a high level, someone that was productive in the NFL, giving him pointers, helping him with his route running, which a lot of those small school kids aren't exposed to. And he was under consideration, um, Vincent Smith was, for a combine invite. He missed out on that. So instead, he accepts an invite to the regional combine in Tampa, Florida, which uh, has yet to be run, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets approved to test at the South Carolina Pro Day. And you see that a lot with some of the smaller school guys. For example, Malcolm Butler was a guy that ran at the Alabama Pro Day. Malcolm Butler from South Alabama. Uh, he had gotten approval to work out there. And the, there's another story about that, which is that he ran slow at the Pro Day. And I guess the Patriots went to him and were like, hey, we know you can run faster than that. Why don't you come have a private workout with us? And he turns out he ran a lot faster there. So that's why they ended up grabbing onto him. So anyway, Vincent Smith at the South Carolina Pro Day. Here's what he did to earn himself a meeting with Bill Belichick and also earned a private workout with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure there's going to be more to come. He ran 4.36, jumped 39 and a half inches on the vert, 10-10 broad. He's 6'2", 197. So good height with enough deep juice that if he pans out, he can at least be a vertical threat early in his career 
while the rest of his game comes along. And if what I'm hearing about him is correct, Vincent Smith out of Limestone is basically like your DJ Chark Day 3 consolation prize if you miss out on him. So he is definitely someone to look forward to. I wish I could have talked about these wide receivers a little bit more because I love Cortland Sutton. I love DJ Moore. I wrote them up for Bleeding Green Nation. I talked about their route running, all different types of routes that they run and broke down the technique and all that stuff. But it's looking less and less with this Mike Wallace signing that they're going to get one of those guys at the top of the draft. But we will be talking about these wide receivers throughout the process still because it's just what we do. We're going to be following the visits, following the the interviews and all that good stuff. So, so and, and one of the other guys that they brought in for a visit. I haven't done much homework on him, so I'm not going to speak about him like I have any kind of you know background knowledge on him. But Doris Fountain from Iowa is someone that they brought in for an official visit. So that's an indicator that they still may be looking there, even though they were probably having plans of talking with Mike Wallace about bringing in a veteran with some speed. So that's something to look for. And we're going to be talking more about Doris Fountain as we go throughout this process. Now, the other topic that we wanted to do today is going around and seeing what the experts, quote unquote, are saying about who the Eagles are going to draft at 32. So I've got a list of guys. I've got a list of picks with their analysis, my analysis, how it compares. So let's dig right into that. First up is Pete Prisco of CBS. He mocked the Eagles Orlando Brown, the tackle out of Oklahoma with a 40-yard dash that was slower than the commissioner. Uh, Look, We knew Brown wasn't going to test well. 40 times don't matter for offensive tackle, but he was atrocious in every other phase of the drills too. And you can see it on tape. And Prisco is saying to sit him for a year or two, get in with an NFL strength coach because only hitting 14 reps on the bench, which I mean, come on, dude. Look, it's not like he went to like Limestone College where Vincent Smith is from. He went to Oklahoma and I'm fairly confident that if he wanted to lift weight, he would have had the equipment and the support to do so. 14 bench reps indicates or at least throws up a massive red flag in regard to work ethic. And that's something that you're going to have to feel confident about if you're taking a developmental guy that doesn't have that kind of work ethic at 32. It's a hard pass for me personally. And you don't have to reach if you're the Eagles. There's not a glaring need. And I've been pounding the table for offensive tackle, but take somebody that's going to help your team. I think it's a lazy pick. I think it's a lazy player. Next up is Joe Giglio from NJ Advanced Media. Sorry if I butchered that last name. He took a good one. And he had the same pick as Eric Edholm from Pro Football Weekly and also the same pick as the great Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. And the pick is safety from Stanford, Justin Reed. We have glowed about Reed on this show before. He's super intelligent and his intelligence goes far beyond football. I mean, he went to Stanford, so that's kind of an obvious statement. But from the personal notes on Reed... The guy is going to graduate in three and a half years with a double major in management sciences and engineering management. He's also, by the way, a big fan of online shooters like Call of Duty and Battlefield 1, which, you know, I play some Battlefield 1 if you know me at all, if you follow me on the timeline on Twitter. Uh, he reads about a book a week, which is awesome. Uh, he's big into autobiographies. I guess like the, the guy that I was talking to from Stanford was saying that he has his books 
queued up like you would have your Netflix. So he's super into reading, which is awesome. I'm a big time reader myself. So I, I like the guy more and more that I hear about him. A really interesting dude and that can play football at a high level and really help the Eagles secure that safety position for the future because Jenkins is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, McLeod has a pretty hefty contract that it would be nice to get out from under eventually. Obviously not right now. And even next year, it would be a little costly, but 2020, the Eagles may have to make a decision before that season. So I really like that pick. I really like that fit. I think Justin Reed is a guy that comes on and makes your team better, which is what we're looking for here. And here's an interesting one for me. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated has the Eagles taking Colorado cornerback Isaiah Oliver and his physical profile, six foot, 200 pounds, his 33 and a half inch arms, which is nice. And he's super fluid on tape. If the Eagles wanted to utilize more press, that would be a really nice addition to throw in there with the future position, you know, with, with the guys like Cindy Jones and Rasul Douglas. But the rub with Oliver is his off coverage, which I found to be a little lacking, uh, which immediately, I think, scared everybody listening right now. And rightfully so, if you've watched how the Eagles defensive backs were deployed last year. So having those off man coverages, those lapses isn't exactly the best thing. But overall, man, he's he's got a real nice game. It's an interesting pick. Another rich get richer situation. Charles Davis of NFL.com made a similar pick with a similar skill set in Josh Jackson from Iowa. We've talked about him on the show before. Good size, good length, fits a cover three scheme perfectly. So I'm not worried about some of the struggles he had at the combine with the field drills. He's a ball hawk. That would be a solid fit. A bit of a luxury again. But hey, a lot of these positions are going to be luxury picks. That's the luxury of having a roster that is returning most of its starters after winning a Super Bowl. Then you've got Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. He has the Eagles taking offensive guard from UTEP, Will Hernandez. Look, I love Will Hernandez. He is the biggest human being I've ever seen in real life. He's just a massive man, barrel chest. Uh, He's got some sweet feet too, though, man. He's a dancing bear. He trimmed down for the combine and came in at 327, which is great for him. And he did well in the movement testing. He can do the zone stuff that we would ask him to do because we run zone about inside, outside zone combined about 57% of the time. I really love Hernandez's game and apparently so do the Eagles because Eagles offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland worked him out who he was saying that he would love to have him after putting him through what he called an extremely tough workout at the UTEP Pro Day. Uh, There's a serious lack of depth along this offensive line that really doesn't get talked about behind Brandon Brooks and Wisniewski, the starters, nothing really excites me. Again, behind Kelsey too. And Hernandez is a guy that you can bring in and will win the starting job sooner than later and will allow you to keep that offensive line financially solvent. And you will never hear me argue against fortifying the trenches. So I would love the Hernandez pick. Uh, In that same vein, Scott Bishop of NDT Scouting called it a rich get richer scenario by selecting James Daniel, the interior offensive lineman from Iowa. Daniels can play both center and guard. I think his future is as a starting center. I think that's more his game. He fits a zone scheme perfectly. Uh, I think with Billy Price, the center from Ohio State, partially tearing his pec at the combine, it may push Daniels up a little bit. But if Daniels is there, 
He's a long-term solution that also serves as a depth piece. And while a lot of people would scratch their heads at the pick, I'm here to tell you that if that's the selection, you're going to look back in a few years and you're going to point to this as being one of the reasons why the offensive line is still solid as a rock. And if you're looking for an heir apparent at center for Jason Kelsey, who's getting a little bit up there in age, Daniels is the guy. So I like that pick. Bucky Brooks from NFL.com went with Dallas Goddard the tight end from South Dakota State. You can hear some thoughts on him on episode 14 of the Kiston Solak Show, where I brought in my friend Jeff Risden from Real GM, Browns Wire and Texans Wire to talk about the tight end class as a whole. Go check that out if you haven't. I had a lot of fun talking with Jeff. He's a really smart dude. Then we get into Chad Reuter from NFL.com, selected for the Eagles offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Mike Boglinchy. Like I know tackle is a need. I've been talking about it for over a year. I know McGlinchey is a local guy and he's going to be a very good run blocker in the NFL. I have serious concerns about his pass pro. I know Benjamin Solak, my co-host, is super low on him. He didn't crack my personal top 50. If we're talking tackle, you have to hope, well, I have to hope, that it's Connor Williams from Texas or even Tyrell Crosby from Oregon. Uh, Hopefully they fall to us at 32 if tackle is indeed where we go. Uh, I much prefer those two guys. Those are the only two tackles that I would really consider in the first round and even in the early second round, to be honest with you. And I don't buy the hype with Colton Miller. I don't care how athletic he looked. It just never translated on tape for him. He seems like a super raw guy. So Connor Williams, Tyrell Crosby is on the top of my wish list for the draft because I want us to go tackle. I don't know if those guys are going to be there, man. I think they get pushed up because of a weak class, and it'll be interesting to see if they fall to us. So speaking of tackles, I'm not interested in Chukwuma Okorafor from Western Michigan as a first-round pick. And the Eagles have brought him in or are bringing him in for a visit. I don't think he's a scheme fit. I think he's a project. He's a wastebender. His 2017 tape isn't any better than his 2016 tape, which is really concerning considering that Western Michigan, despite not being a Power 5 school, has a really good line coach when it comes to developing those type of guys. I mean, they were, they were constantly in the finalists for you know having the best line in football, and he's going to get smacked up by speed at the next level. It shows on tape. It's showing at the combine. Uh, if you want to see it with your own eyes, Go check out what T.J. Watt did to a quarter for in their 2016 bowl game with Wisconsin. And then come back and tell me that you see him as a round one pick. That's all I'm saying. So that's all the news I got on visits for you today. Hopefully I helped you guys identify some guys that we might be targeting some positions. Again, this is something. It's a fluid situation. We're going to be following all these official visits and tracking them and telling you what it all means. But I can tell you, if the Eagles are looking at somebody, they're either looking at him or they're definitely looking at the position because that's what the last couple of years with Howie Roseman has told us. We'll be back next. We're going to be talking with John Ledger. We got to finish up recording with him as far as the running back positions goes. We're going to be talking all about running backs again. Like I said earlier in the show, running back was the most touched position as far as interviews and visits. So it's going to be very important to nail down who we may be targeting there. I'm praying for Darius Geis. I know I say I want to tackle, but you know, my heart is saying Darius Geis. So we'll have John on. Uh, for the next show or the next one after that, because I'm also going to be talking with Dan Hatman from Scouting Academy about the Dream Team. And hopefully I'll be able to hook up with Dan and he can let you know why this is not a Dream Team scenario, how they're going about it in an entirely different way. We'll take a trip down memory lane. And these painful memories, man, like the Dream Team, they become so much easier to talk about, to talk about open and honestly about without the bitterness 
now that we're Super Bowl champions because we are Super Bowl champions. And we all we got, we all we need, Fly Eagles Fly. Fly Eagles Fly.